0: Here, here. Okay, uh, let's, look, um, let's look this morning at your battle for happiness. <clears throat> so let's watch this. I, I know we're in Ephesians chapter 6, but let's go down here to... Uh, let's start here, right here. He says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, first off, you've got to realize... There are schemes out there. That's just wild's, you know, wily coyotes trying to get the, the you know, he's trying to get the roadrunner. That's where that word wild we don't really use that word today much. It's schemes. <clears throat> and it says here that you can be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And, and are actually supposed to do it. <clears throat> he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. You may wake up this morning and go, What? Oh, yeah, there's a battle going on out there. And this is not something that somebody invented a few years ago back when TV preachers come on. No, this has been going on forever. You know, the enemy, you have a common enemy. First Peter chapter five says your enemy, the devil, your adversary, the devil, seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to create so much trouble for you in your life, but you can put a stop to him. So look what he says we can do here. He says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. You know, a lot of times we think when trouble comes, I'm hopeless. I mean, I was doing fine till this happened. No, wait a minute. You're still doing fine. There's things you can do about this. He says, You can withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, before I get any further here, the, the New Century Translation and several other translations show this too. And when I mention it, you can see it in the King James. He says, notice already, he says, you can stop this. You can stand against his schemes. You can withstand the evil day. Look at this. And having done all to stand. In other words, do what he says here. He says, stand therefore. Uh, oh, this, this phrase right here, he's actually implying, once you've done all these things, your enemies lay defeated at your feet. You're the only one left standing. It's like, well... I walked out of that one. Yes, and you'll walk out of every one of them. You really will. And so he says what you need to do here. He says, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. You know, these things are so hard because you really need a preacher to tell you what these things are. No, you don't. Remember, this letter to the Ephesians was probably the only thing they ever had that had scripture on it. Ephesus, the Ephesians, was not a bunch of Jews. They weren't. These were Gentiles. So they weren't going to the synagogue since they were wee little kids. Uh uh This is all they had. He says, stand therefore, your loins girdle about with the truth. Now the truth that he was referring to, Paul mentions this over and over again, it's neither male nor female, nor bond nor free, nor uh, Jew nor Gentile, all of us are level at the foot of the cross. We all have the same grace and mercy. That's the truth. You know, if you get grounded and settled in some other truth that, well, I just need something else besides Jesus. No, don't move from this. Having on the breastplate of righteousness... You know, it seems like we worry that righteousness is our holiness, and no, it's a gift. Your gift of righteousness was by Jesus. I mean, the closest definition of the word righteousness is right. Well, I'm not right with God. I mean, I'm just a worm. Well, that's the way you were, but Jesus now refers to you and looks to you as though you have his righteousness. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Yes, but I don't feel righteous when I go to prayer. Well, that's the battle we're dealing with here. When you go to prayer and you go, Lord, you know, I just need some help because it feels like I'm, I'm coming down with something and I, or some sort of sickness and I'm really worried about it. And I just, I just, I just, I don't know why you're going to answer my prayer. I mean, after all, I'm such a bozo. And No, you have on the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus said himself, he said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees and Sadducees, you'll in no wise get into the kingdom of God. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, he also said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." You know, and but the Bible says it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but what He's done. So you got to put on and say, "The only reason I can stand here before you now, God, is because of Jesus." And there you got it. You got it. Anyway, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith. When well, we throw that one right out the window, sometimes. What's faith? Well, I believe in Jesus. Well, it's more than believe in Jesus. It's believe in Jesus today. It's believing that Jesus will help you today. Let me let me show you something, some examples here in your battle here to keep yourself happy. Let's go to uh, let's go to the book of uh, Luke here, just a moment. Luke's Gospel, and let's run over here to uh, the latter part of this here. I'm speeding through this, just a moment. Oh, I'm in Luke one. Excuse me. I want Luke eleven. Luke. Let's get to this. All right, now we're cooking. All right. Mm-hmm. Get that thing out of the way just a moment. I'm still real. All right, let me clear this back up if we can see it. Look okay, at verse 38. It says, Now it came to pass as they went, he entered into a certain village. No, he left one place and went to another. Okay, nothing big deal there. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her home. Okay? And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. Now just we're just reading the Bible, okay? Let's don't breathe too much into this. Why must be some spiritual thing? No, there's not. They've been on the road, they've been preaching the gospel everywhere, and all of a sudden Jesus and his entourage all showed up at Martha and Mary's house. Let's see what's important here. Uh, anyway, she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. You know, sometimes we get the idea that the kids don't need to be involved. Remember, the, the disciples were trying to stop a bunch of children from coming to Jesus one time. They were coming to be touched by Jesus, be blessed by him. And and they said, no, 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 let's don't do that. Oh, Jesus got mad. Well, the women folk are about the same way. It's all about the men. Yeah, that's the way it was back in those days. And if you're not an American, you don't know our history. It was about that way in America, too, for, you know, <clears throat> not too many years ago. <clears throat> but anyway, anyway, so Martha received him into her house. Hey, y'all, come in here. Well, she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. That just meant she was worried. She's like, oh, gosh, look how many people are in here. Now, watch what, Now you got to remember, Jesus is God, okay? He fed the 5,000. He fed the 4,000. He was on this boat when the disciples forgot to take bread. And Jesus said, hey, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And they all thought, oh, he's on our case because we didn't bring any extra you know, brownies. We didn't bring a Big Mac. Oh, the Lord's going to chew us out. When Jesus caught wind that they were worried about having food, he says, I can't believe you think I'm worried about not having food. And he tells them this, do you not remember the 5,000 and how many baskets were taken up? He actually asked them how many. They said, "Well, twelve left over." He says, "Okay, in the four thousand, how many were left over?" And they said, "Uh, seven. And that's when he goes, "I can't believe you think I'm worried about that. I'm talking about the Pharisees. <laughs> They're eleven, you know." But the point to me is, heads up, the feeding of the five thousand and the four thousand, and even that incident on the boat. Somehow, some way, God got them some food. And if you've watched it, He's always gotten you some food too. He really has. He really does. And it keeps it going. But she's sitting there thinking, you know, this is wrong. This not I mean, Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him. Now, remember, she didn't call him off and say, I need to talk to you after the crowd leaves. She got so wrapped up in this, she got right in the middle of it. And if I was, Jane, well, does it matter? We're in, well, we're, we're reading, uh, this is Luke. <clears throat> anyway, the other disciples knew this was going on. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, came to him and said, Lord. Look, you put this spiritual stuff to the side just a moment. We need time out. We got a logistics problem. We don't need God right now. We have a logistics problem. And I am a good cook. I am a good decorator. And I am a good server. So just listen to me just a moment. You can get back to your little parables in a moment. Just wait a minute, Jesus. Hold on. See, see how far we... And we do this. We're not using our faith. We're worried. Oh, God, this is the biggest problem in the world. Wait till I tell Jesus about this problem. Jesus, do you not know that you're, you're insufficient here? You, you, you can't help me today? I mean, my knee has been hurting for a month now. My eye, a little blurry. I mean, Jesus, you just can't. I, I mean, or my problem at work or whatever. Look what he says. And she says, you know, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Oh, can you just imagine? This is God. God be like, you should be in the kitchen looking for a miracle. Remember Elijah? Uh, he told that woman, you know, to take that oil, and she went in that oil. And she, went in, uh, she was in her, and the oil never quit. But we can just sit there and just worry ourselves silly. But anyway, watch this. <clears throat> Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me alone to serve? He says, bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said, You know, he's always the answer. Watch this. He said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about, the next phrase says, many things. Well, Martha could have argued and said, Well, it's just one thing. But you know what? If you let one thing bug you, you're letting a lot of things bug you. And that's why Jesus said this. Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. I'm telling you, I mean, you're, you're no different than me. I know you've got things on your mind right now, like I do. And guess what? The only way they're going to be fixed and the only way you're going to be happy, the only way I'm going to be happy, is to roll those burdens over on the Lord. You've got to say, you know what? It's another day. You got me out of 15,000 things last year and you'll get me out of this one right now. And I'm going to be happy today. I'm not going to let things get in my way. And I'm going to prove just to make you happy, God, because I believe you will get me out of trouble. you got to understand, God enjoys getting you out of trouble. He had no trouble sending Jesus to die for you. Remember book of Hebrews, chapter uh, 12? The joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. Jesus did not mind giving his life for you. What aggravates him, and you can read it yourself, is unbelief. That aggravates him. That man came to him with his child who was sitting there saying, "Oh, you should see him. Sometimes he jumps in the fire, Lord. But you never had a son like that jumped in the fire. And the Lord's saying, oh, mercy. You're trying to compare me and my family. And you think your little child that jumps in the fire is trouble. You know, Jesus has us all. And the guy goes, well, if you can do anything, your disciples couldn't do anything. So we've reached the limit, haven't we, basically. And Jesus said, if you can believe. <gasps> oh, man. And the guy cries out, yes, Lord, I believe. That's what you've got to do. This is what I believe. How we all believe we're going to heaven? That's not the point. You've got to believe your problem that's bothering you today, no matter whatever it is. Or any time you have an issue that takes away your... I mean, you can get in the car. You can be happy in front of me all you want to. Get in the car, look in the rearview mirror. You can see on your face, you're putting out an expression to yourself that (laughs) I'm not as happy as I ought to be. Why? Well, there's a reason. Well, look at this. Martha, Martha. I mean, can you imagine? She is dead and gone. What's this good for us today? Oh, it's so good. What's this? You're careful, troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. In other words, it'll fix being careful or troubled. What's this? And Mary hath chosen that good part, and it will not be taken away from her. Well, wait a minute. What did Mary do? Oh, here it is. Verse 39. She had a sister called Mary, which sat at Jesus' feet and heard His Word. Now, in the last, we've been going about ten minutes so far. That's what we're doing right now. We have time out, and we're listening to the Word. Now, our only obligation is, will we believe it? Oh, yeah. Lord, yeah, believe it. I mean Jesus is right here with you. Let's go look at some other things Jesus says. We're sitting at His word, let's watch this. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to First Peter five and look at that just a moment, because here we are. We're in this silly world. Watch what happens. Now Peter's wrapping this up. Now Peter was, I mean, you got to remember, Peter is no different than you and I. Oh Lord, I'll die I'll die for you. A few minutes later, oh, I don't know him. <laughs> Remember, Jesus said, if you confess me before me, I'll confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. You know, that's serious. Peter didn't do it. (laughs) Oh, I don't know him. I don't know him. And it bothered him. We're all going to make mistakes. So quit trying to make people in the Bible out like they were just so much better than you were, and you can't have an approach like like they did. Oh, yeah, you can. Watch this. So anyway, he says here, uh, verse 7, back up. Peter's wrapping things up here. and Notice what he says here. Just before he finishes his um, uh, letter here, it's just like an email. Notice he says, He says, Humble yourselves therefore unto the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. That doesn't mean on God's timetable after a while, you know, He'll make you happy. No, you're supposed to be happy now. Don't you remember your scriptures? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I would, but He's put me through this. He's not putting you through anything. If He's putting you through anything, He's getting you out of it. I mean, go read, if you'll if focus on Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and keep watching the guy that said he was God and keep watching him, watch what he does. Man, he just walks right through trouble. They tried to throw Jesus in Luke chapter 4 off a cliff. You may not ever heard that. I know you have here. They tried to throw him off a cliff just because Jesus said, well, you're going to say, physician, heal yourself. See how much unbelief he was dealing with? The town was saying, you're Joseph's son. We know who you are. How are you getting all this power? See, they didn't believe. And they were mad at Him. And Jesus said, You're surely going to say this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. And Jesus just got through saying, He took the book. He was in the church that they had there. He took the Bible out. He turned to the book of Isaiah and He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. To do what? Recover sight to the blind. you know. Set at liberty those that are bruised. In other words, all these things. But they didn't believe it. And they got so mad at Jesus, they took Jesus, they actually carried him to the brow of the hill, it's a cliff. And it wasn't a little short one, a little four-footer, that don't wanna hurt him. No, they wanted to kill him. And they were going to throw him down, and the scripture says, head first. But the Bible says Jesus turned and went through the midst of them and went his way. Wow. Well, if Jesus did that for himself, he'll do it for you. So he says, humble yourselves in the mighty hand of God. He may exalt you in due time. Notice this: here it is. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now that's your battle right there. Casting your care upon him. That's just simply prayer. God, help me. Get me out of this. And then use your faith. Remember that armor of God says, hey, that armor said it works. And it was written to a whole church and didn't say, this is only going to work for a few of y'all. I don't mean to even mention it. It'll work for every one of us. And he says, be sober. Don't shake yourself loose from thinking, you know, well, mercy. You're out of the frying pan into the fire. If it's not one thing, it's another. Well, you're a real testimony telling people about how great Jesus is if you think he doesn't help you out. The whole book of Psalms is a snowball effect about how you should be out of your troubles, your daily troubles. So he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, if you'll just take a trip with me to Africa right now, and let's space ourselves out a hundred yards away from everybody, and let's go through the place where there's lions are, you'll get the idea that, uh uh-oh, this ain't good news. Those lions are bad beasts. They'll tear you up. You know, they're bad stuff. You don't want to deal with that. But the Bible says here, you can knock them out of the way. He says he's seeking whom he may devour. He says whom resists steadfast in the faith. In other words, resist being devoured. I mean, just say, look, I'm, I cast my cares over on the Lord. Whatever your problem is. It's so simple just to say, Lord, uh, I got this problem today. Um, would you fix it? And lay it at His feet. And don't lay it at His feet like, well, you know, if you really want to. Teach me how to deal with it. D- throw that away. You don't find that in the Scriptures. It's, it's hurting. Get me out of this. And do that. Expect Jesus to be who Jesus really is. Let me show you how it, it works right here. <clears throat> if you go over here to the book of, <clears throat> supposed to see it and believe it, which is the book of Acts. All right, watch what happens here. Acts chapter 8. Here's Jesus on the ground working for everybody. Watch this. Uh, Let's see. Acts 8, And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was great persecution against the church, which was in Jerusalem. I mean, Saul's trying to kill them all. And they were scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. And and some people say, Well, see, God was tired of them all being in Jerusalem, so He kicked them all out. That's ridiculous. Guess who didn't get the message? The apostles! The apostles! They'd have been the first ones to hit the street. But see, that's wrong to say that kind of stuff. Everybody was scattered abroad. Well, they were scattered because Saul was trying to kill them all, except for the apostles. This lets me know the apostles were not afraid of Saul. They're like, everybody else can leave if they need to, but we're not going anywhere. We're not afraid. Watch this. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial, and they made a great lamentation over him, for Saul had made havoc of the church. And man, he was hauling people off to jail and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, now watch what happened. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things that Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and were lame and were healed. And there was what? Great joy in that city. Well, my arms are okay, and my head's okay my trouble is, I don't need any healing. It's, you know, i got these other problems. Let me tell you something. Jesus was fixing everything. That whole city was rocking with joy. That's where we're supposed to be right now. I mean, exactly. And we're not trying to get to that level. I'm just saying, if you're not happy today, you, you, you know, you're, you're affecting your own self by not getting a hold of the promises of God. The promises are right in front of you. Watch this again. Look at this, uh, just another simple letter. The last one, we were looking at Ephesians. And then we looked at uh, Peter. And then look what uh, Paul says right here at the end of this one. Watch what he says right here. Verse 4. I mean, quit singing this in your head like, you know, it's just, oh, it's a song. Well, yeah, thank God you remembered it. But use it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And he didn't say stop there and put on the Christian goofy grin and then just bear it. Are you kidding? People are going to say you're insane. Do something about it and then you can tell them why you're grinning. I'm grinning because we still got one more quarter. And although Alabama's down by one touchdown, we're going to win this thing. Huh? That's why I'm grinning. Yeah, but that's not the way the Bible... Yes, it is. Watch this. And again, I say rejoice. See, that's your faith. That's one thing you can do immediately to show that you believe God is I'm going to start rejoicing. I'm going to rejoice. It don't look like I need to be happy, but I'm going to rejoice. Hallelujah. I'm going to get out of this stuff. He says, let your moderation be known unto all men, including yourself. The Lord is at hand. That's my problem. He's at hand. He's at hand to get you out of trouble. I'll show this to you. Be careful for nothing. Boy, there it is again. (coughs) Cast your burdens on the Lord. But in everything by prayer. Boy, we goof it right there. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry Everything to God in prayer. I mean, I can catch you, and I can catch me at this. If we blow it right here, you prayed about it. Something, oh yeah, oh yeah, I pray, pray. Well, then what are you doing, unhappy? Oh well, I just I, I, the Lord told me. The Lord didn't tell you anything. The Lord tells you what He says. He's gonna get you out of trouble. Psalm thirty-four: Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He'll get you out of them. James five: Is any among you afflicted? Let him. Pray! Oh, the light goes on. That's right. God will get you out. So he says that everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. living by, Amplified Bible says definite request. That's what that means. He says let your request, when well, we blow it right here, we think, well, God don't want me having it. Yes, He does. It's not genie in a bottle. You get one request. No. Well, you get three at least. No! Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 20 says, the Lord grant you your petitions. Did you know that? Yeah. He says, the God of Jacob defends you. Verse 1, Psalm 20. And he says, the Lord grant you your petitions. How many times have you heard the book of Psalms where David said, hear me, God. That's what he was saying. Hear me. He's not saying, well, I don't know. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes you listen. Sometimes. Nuh-uh. Hear me. Hear me. You've got to shake yourself off and say, Lord... I know you hear me. He does. He does. So he says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and mind. It's not like the problem went away and everything is sweet. No, this is during the turmoil. All of a sudden, you can look in that mirror and you do have a smile on your face. Not to impress Dustin or me or anybody else. You've convinced yourself, Jesus is going to get me out of this trouble. My car sure is crowded and you're the only one in there because you're thinking about angels now. There are angels there. They've been waiting on you all day long. Now you're going, hallelujah, I'm ready. I got my sword out. I am going to stand against the wiles of the devil and he is going to be defeated. Whatever your problem is. And then guess what? It will be blown away. And then guess what? It ain't no problem telling somebody that you run into, oh, I got to tell you what happened today. What? You know. Like when I met Phil one time for breakfast. I mean, well, I, don't, I don't meet Phil for breakfast, but I was that morning. Yeah, right. And I flipped my Volkswagen three times in ice. Well, I, I was totally out of control. Mm-hmm. But while I was totally out of control, I was saying, in the name of Jesus, stop. Because I thought I was going to go off the road. Now, this is one incident. This happened several times with other problems in my life. But you better get a hold of yourself and begin to say, in the name of Jesus, Whatever your request is. Mine was because I was spinning along at 65 miles an hour doing 360. Stop in Jesus' name. All of a sudden, I'm going the direction I want to go, and I'm okay. And at that point, I'm going bonkers. And I could not help but tell Phil and whoever else that I saw in the next few minutes what Jesus had done. But in the meantime, you got the peace of God that passes all understanding. No matter why, no matter what's going on in your life, you're like, "Praise God, I'm still in this thing." But you know what? (laughs) I'm gonna be all right. I'm gonna be all right. Isn't that what he says? Now, watch this. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, boy, he ain't listening to the news, is he? Well, hey, heads up. That's what he's saying. Whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, that means anything glorious, anything great, whatever. If there be any praise. Think on these things. Now, there's where the problem is. I want to think about how bad it's going to be for me, and it's not making me happy. And He's telling me what I need to do. Now, watch this. Let's go back over here to uh, uh, two more places. We'll stop. And he close this down. One second. Zoom. Go back over here to our uh, our uh, <clears throat> the book of prayers because that's what it is. You don't see any... I'm a guitar player. I don't see any chords in here. There's not one lick of music in here. All you get is lyrics. Richard, will you sing this? <laughs> well, you tell me how it goes? All you gave me was lyrics. That's all you need. You just need the words. Watch this. Look at uh, Psalm 4 just a moment. And in Psalm 4... Let me close this down. Get the full screen. Well, we ain't doing that, are we? Hold on one second. Oh... Uh, Well, one second. There we go. I'm going to get that off. I don't know what I hit. Oh, that search thing. I'll move this over. Excuse me. Bury it so I keep going. Okay, Psalm 4. Now, uh, hit that. That's what I want. Uh, Therefore, my uh, brethren, dearly beloved, long for... I'm Philippians. I thought, that, that don't sound like Psalms. Excuse me. Ah, zoom back to Psalm, Psalm 4. You know, it wouldn't take you long to find Psalm 4, would it? Okay, now close this off. Here we go. Okay, hear me when I call. See, there's one of them. You know, you know. Oh, God of my righteousness, thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Boy, he didn't lost me now. I don't know what he's saying. Let's go to the Living Bible. Watch this. But while we're there, look at this. He says, oh, God God of my righteousness. And uh, let's see what we get here. Oh, God, you have declared me... What? What? Perfect in your eyes. Remember he said, Oh God of my righteousness. In other words, you're the only one that's making me righteous. You have always cared for me in my, you know, you know, I'm a little tired of David talking about his problems, you know. I mean, he's always whining to the Lord and talking about how the Lord gets him out of trouble, you know. I mean, I mean even talk about me. Well, hey, that's what it's, it's the 23rd Psalm is the same way. Yea, though, walk through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it. Why? Because you're with me, your rod and your staff comfort me. They don't beat you up like some preacher says. Oh, yeah, that rod. God uses the rod on it. He does not. People just run from God when you say things like that. You know, goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. You know, He says He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. It's kind of like, well, you know, well, he, he, God wouldn't prepare a table for you while your enemies are fixing to come in here and say, "Hey, just sit down and eat. I'll take care of your problems for you." No, He'd be like, "I'm going to blindside you." I'm gonna have you sitting here. You'll be eating. All of a sudden, you're gonna get run over. Uh-uh, uh-uh. My enemy's gonna come against me one way. They're gonna flee seven. That's what it says. The promises belong to you. So, Lord, you've declared me perfect in your eyes. Enough of that. You've got my sins covered. Let me get right down to the problem. But see, we blow it right here sometimes. We think, you know, well, God just. I'm just. I'm just. I just i do not know how God can be so good to me because I, I just. I just feel like today he just. He just doesn't want to help me right now. I need to to do this on my own. Or like one person told me one time, says, you don't need to be praying about that. God gave you a brain. Well, he did give me a brain. But I'm still worried about this situation and I'm going to call upon my God. Obviously, you don't have a God, but I do. And he will help me. Okay? He says, now look at this. Now hear me as I call again. In other words, like you've done it a million times, but here comes another one. Watch this. He says, have mercy on me. Hear me. The Lord asked, sons of men, how will will you forever turn my glory into shame by worshiping these silly idols? And if you watch the Old Testament, this is the problem they were having. Rachel did this. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob's wife, he married Rachel. When she left home, she grabbed her daddy's idol, stuck it in her her camel's bags, and sat on it. You know, you can run to these silly things. A man created it. The the Bible tells us in the Old Testament that uh, when Isaiah was talking about this thing and he was just making fun of it, he says, uh, God told Isaiah to say, tell him this. He says, you take a piece of wood, you cut it, you carve it into an idol, you worship a thing, you take the rest of that wood and use it to cook with and you use it, you know, to heat your home. He said, that thing is worthless. And God was mocking the worthlessness of that because people weren't asking him for his help. If you're sick, he will heal you. If you're broke, he will help you. You do not need any other idol whatsoever. He says, you'll forever turn my glory into shame by worshiping these silly idols when every claim they made for them is false. Mark this well. Now, here's where you and I are. It makes us happy. Watch this. Uh, the Lord has set apart the redeemed for himself. Therefore, he will listen to me and answer when I call. Stand before the law, I mean for the all stand before the Lord in all, and do not sin against him. Lie quietly upon your bed in silent meditation. Put your trust in the Lord and offer him pleasing sacrifices. Many say that God will never help him help us. He says, prove Him wrong. Praise God. I mean you're talking about Christian folk. Hey, Mom, I mean God ain't gonna help you. Well, she knows better than listen to her son say something like that. But let me tell you something. It may not be her son. It may not be anybody else. It may just be you. And you're the Christian that matters. And if you tell yourself, I'm too far gone for God to help me on this one. I don't know if God, you'd you be like Sarah. Have a baby? <laughs> there ain't no way. And God says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? You have to remind yourself, oh, mercy, that's right. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. And he didn't say that just to say, oh, please, always think I'm awesome. No, you need to think he's awesome because he's going to fix your problem. Don't walk out of here today thinking he's awesome and he can fix a problem. Oh, oh, there's nothing too hard for God. Come on. Everybody believes that. You need to believe he's going to get you out of trouble. Now there's what brings the smile on your face. Yeah, there's nothing too hard for God. Yes, He's on my side. And hallelujah, I'm going to be okay. So watch what He says. Prove Him wrong, O Lord, by letting the light of Your face shine down upon us. Yes, the gladness You have given me is far greater than their joys at harvest time as they gaze at their bountiful crops. Now, why is He so happy? You can have a boatload of money, and if your leg is hurting, or God forbid you have a toothache, you are in a mess. I'm trying to listen to you, and I got a splitting headache. I don't care if the world falls off. My head is hurting so bad. See, no matter what your problem is, act like Psalm 4. And then when it comes around to uh, these things where he says, you have put gladness in my heart far greater than the joys that we have when a bountiful crop show up. Now watch what he says here. I will lie down in peace and sleep. For though I am alone, O Lord, you will keep me safe. I mean, he will. Last verse. I won't on it very long, but watch this. <clears throat> you know this one like the back of your hand, but if you'll notice, it's the same setting, same story. Psalm 18. Watch this. <clears throat> you know this well. <clears throat> oh, let's go down. Look at verse 22. Well, I'm going to back up just a second says, open the gates of the temple and I will go in and give my thanks. Those gates are the way into the presence of the Lord and the godly enter there. Oh Lord, thank you so much for answering my prayer and saving me. Now, he's not talking about going to heaven. He's talking about something he had going on today. He says, the stone, by, uh, the stone rejected by the builders, in other words, the chief cornerstone, this is where that verse comes from. Jesus said this about himself has now become the capstone of the arch. This is what's so funny. Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone. And yet we'll walk out of here and let worry control us like Martha. And Jesus is like, don't you believe I'm the cornerstone? Oh, but that means the salvation cornerstone. And Jesus is like, oh, brother, I'm already going to take you to heaven. If you would just act like it, I would treat you like I'm standing at your heart's door. Revelation 3.20 today. I'd help you today. If you need a job, get you a job. That's easy. Once you get a job, don't say goodbye to Jesus. And then, no, first day on the job, you're probably going to have all kind of funny stuff. You will, you know. But don't worry, Jesus is there to help you. I mean, uh, uh, problems. Uh, you can. I mean, this happens to me regularly, and that's okay. I'm ready. I'm pushing the envelope, trying to get to work on time, and all of a sudden, I get in the car. I got several, and I get into one that, <laughs> and I got to make a pit stop to get gas. These little things that make a difference. Jesus will help you. He really will. Watch this. He says, Oh, give thanks. I mean, open the gates of the temple. I'll go in and give thanks. These gates are into the way of the presence of the Lord. The godly enter therein. No, Notice he didn't say, Well, be, you'd be lucky if you get in there. No, this is you. Oh, thank you, Lord, so much for answering my prayers and saving me. The stone rejected by the builders has now become the capstone of the arch. This is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous to see. This is the day the Lord's made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, that's not a commandment. We've heard that. Uh-uh, you better rejoice. I can't rejoice when I'm not happy. I can't. But James chapter 1 says, Count it all joy knowing this. When you know you've got Jesus to get you out of this gym. Man, I can be happy. I can be happy. It's kind of like you've got to meet this army. It's on the other side on the Huntsville side of that mountain. It's okay. You've got your army behind you. They'll be here in just a minute. Hold on. They're coming. It's like, oh, okay, good. You're all right. You've got that army as we read over there in Ephesians chapter 6. The stone rejected by the builders has now become the capstone of the arch. This is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous to see. This is the day the Lord's made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, please send help. Save us. Give us success. Blessed is the one who is coming and who is sent by the Lord. We bless you from the temple. Anyway, he goes on and says, Jehovah is our right. I mean, our light. praise God. You read these things for yourself. You're going to be by yourself if you walk out of here today thinking in your own heart that Jesus won't help you. Don't do that. It's ridiculous. He'll help you. I don't care what it is. It makes no difference. Last thing, I'll close with this. Two disciples came to Jesus one time and they said, Lord, and they actually came with their mother. One of the gospel's accounts says the mother asked. The other gospel said that the boys asked. And they said, Lord, you know, when you come into your kingdom, the first thing they said was, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And Jesus didn't stop and say, well, you can forget that. Who do you think I am? Money, bags, whatever? No, He said, what is it that you want? I'm telling you, praise God. What is it that you want? And anyway, they walked away and they got it, actually. They said, well, we want to sit on your right hand uh, and your left when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, well, that's really not mine to give. But the first thing He said before, excuse me, before, before He said that, He said, are you able to do this and that? He still was totally... Heading in the direction of, I'll give it to you. And truly, He actually did. Because the Bible says we're all, Ephesians chapter 1, seated with Him. Chapter 2. Seated with Him in heavenly places. Today, you are seated at the right hand of God. Can you not just poke God in the ribs and say, I need something to that? You are that close. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. You are totally welcome in there every time something's hurting. Every time. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you by your stripes we're healed. If any of us are not feeling good, anybody that's even listened to this this, uh, message, it makes no difference where they are. Lord, you'll make them well. Lord, same thing's true concerning finances. It's exactly the same because it's our trust in you that puts us over. I've been young and been old and never seen the righteous forsaken, so we're not going to be forsaken concerning finances either. Lord, if there's anything else we might face, it might be trouble, whatever it is, you'll get us out of it and we thank you for it. So that doesn't leave anything left, but for us to just use our faith. Let other people be convinced like we read in that scripture and convince others. Prove them wrong that you're there to help us. And we just thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.